to everybody around the country now as you are listening to another Step Outside with Paul Burt podcast. Today we have a very special guest joining us up on the lineup. His name is Lukey Paul. He is the national sales manager for the iconic family-owned company called Tweed Bait, which pretty much covers the entire eastern seaboard of our magnificent country. Now, you may have seen Tweed Bait freezers when you go to the shopping centre, when you go to the local fruit or supermarket, whether you go to the local petrol station, of course, your local anaconda stores, and not to forget all of the bait shops around the eastern seaboard. Good morning or good afternoon to you, Lukey. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good, mate. Good, great. Thanks for having me on, Paul. Hey, mate, you are more than welcome. It's a pleasure to have you on because, you know, wherever you go, Tweed Bay is everywhere. I mean, tell me about yourself growing up. Uh, I guess you, it's a Tweed-based company. I'm going to gather you were on the Tweed Coast. And, and how did you we become yep. the national sales manager of Tweed Bait, mate? Uh, yeah, well, I was born and bred in Tweed. Um, been in my whole life. So, um, yeah, it's such a nice place. Good, great fishing, beaches, nice people. Like, what more could you want, really? Um, yeah, I've I've been with um, Tweed for 20, 21 years now, probably a little bit longer, because um, I worked um, as a factory hand back in school holidays, um, yep. trying to um, buy my first guitar. So uh, yeah. Pop let me work in the factory on school holidays. So, yeah, uh, so yeah, probably longer, I guess. But, um, yeah, nice. so I've done a little bit of everything. Um, started as a factory hand, um, then I've become a delivery driver, um, and run a small um, sales team servicing, servicing uh, from Brisbane, Gold Coast, and Northern New South Wales. Um, and then after that, I went through and I was managing the processing factory. Yep. Uh, so a lot more hands-on with products. So um, got to do the quality control and um, making sure we get nice, fresh bait out to everyone. Um, run probably about 20 employees doing that. Um, and then I had, I went on to the assistant managers, uh, assistant sales manager for about twelve months before I got the new role as uh, national sales manager. So, um, yeah, really loving it at the moment. The new role um, get to affect a bit of change within the company. Um, at like getting our brand out there. Um, that's why, I sort of, with the help of you, it's it's been really good. So I think when we first, when I first approached you, um, my main goal was sort of education um just to show the anglers uh give them a little bit of into insight on how the the um, bait was sourced processed and delivered as well so i think it's been uh, i think it's a pretty interesting story actually and um you've done a good mate. job with it all paul oh, so mate, far look mate this, this really is this is i just mate we use bait to catch fish and you know it's all important of having good sustainable bait and of course fresh bait yep. you don't want to get a block of pillies and it done you know thaws out and you're out there wanting to catch a snapper or pearl perch or a dewy wherever you are around the country you know to have this Nothing this much. this fish and and, and, the, and the bait becomes all soft and soggy and you think my god because you know that is the pinnacle of your day yeah. when you are fishing yep. is the last thing that goes onto the hook is the bait and it's got to be got to be good and you hear of these success stories mate where people start you know whether it's with a big food chain whether it's Woolies or Coles or Aldi or whatever uh, even a car dealership is that you know they you hear of people I started out you know I was just washing the cars on the on the lot there when I was 16 17 or maybe I was flipping flipping burgers at the local McDonald's shop you know in between school 
and to the yep. success stories of of getting up there and uh, and having a major hand in making a business successful in the managerial roles. Mate, congratulations yep. to you. How long's Tweed Bait been around for there, Luke? It's been a oh, mate. I, I, it's older than me. It's it's older than older than me too, actually. Uh, yeah, we've, it's been around for uh, fifty four years. So it was established in uh, 1967. Yeah, wow. That's it. That's mm, it. That's yeah. a lot. And it's a, it's still a family run business, or how does it? What's the go there, mate? It is. Yeah. No, it's a it's a private family business. So um, we still have um, we have six family members still working at Sweet Bait. Um, okay. My younger brother. Um, my two cousins, my uncle, my auntie, and myself. So, yeah. How cool is that? I mean, you know, and yeah, it's, uh, cool. do you get the family issues? You know, everyone has family problems, mate. What do you do? Do you just go down there and get a mullet or maybe a, an octopus or a squid and slap them across <laughs> the face? Say, so pull your head in. Pull your head in, little bro. No, and you... we um, we all work pretty well together, yes. Yeah, so, because uh, we're all sort of grown up uh, in the area as well. So, yeah. um, and cousins, we just always going like um, down to mini waters with pop and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah we've all we all know each other's um, how far to push each other. So, <laughs> uh, mate, and normally, yeah, that's right. Normally with brothers, you, you can push each other just just to the edge, and then you go, oh, hang on, that's a bit too far. Yep. I, I get that. I, I got I got a cuff on myself, mate. How did the yep. the, the logo? Because one thing I get a lot of people asking me, they just say, you know, the Popeye style logo that that is iconic tweed bait. How did that? That's pretty cool. It is very cool. How did that yeah. come about? I'm so stoked you guys haven't changed it. Yeah, no, it's it stayed the same forever. So um, my mum actually drew um, the logo. Um, you'd know Julie, wouldn't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. So, um, yeah, she was pretty arty back in the day, and uh, she'd always like like drawing like sort of cartoony figures and stuff like that. So. Sweet. Um, yeah, and Pop just saw it, and um, he goes, oh, "I'm going to use that as a logo." And it's um, stayed ever since. There's been a few tweaks over the years with colours, but yeah, it's mainly stayed the same. So. Mate, the uh, I, I have noticed uh, that the logo now is um, it's gone into the new age of animation. I've seen him move. It has now. I've seen it, him it move even here the now. <laughs> he does. He works. <laughs> and he catches a big yes. a big sign called the tip, mate. Um, he where, does. Where, where where did they like first start to sell from Tweed Bait? Was it out of a, a, a maybe it was it a, a like an ice van or did you go just at the local boat ramp? I mean. Back in 1967, uh, tell me how it all came about. Yeah, so it started, um, it was at the back of uh, Pop Owns and Flats at Wall Street there. So he had a shed out the back there um, and he used to get in um, WA filters for all the locals yeah. um, and sort of noticed a bit of a market for it. So um, it sort of gained, gained a bit of traction and he um, started packing um, just in the back shed there at Wall Street. So... Um, and then just sold to local shops in the Tweed area, and it's yeah, just slowly grown over time. So yeah. To, to how to how many now, mate? What sort of uh, what what locations? How many locations are you guys selling through so people can purchase um, your baits? Uh, I think I did have that down. I did have a look at that. It was over seven hundred or seven hundred fifty stores. We this this financial year that we service. So wow, that's along a lot. The East Coast, yeah. And, and yep. there's a lot of the server. I mean, every, just about every servo has the bait because people go in there, they they get their fuel for their boat or fuel for their car. Yep. Okay, they might get a you know a can of coke or a bottle of water, whatever they're getting. Uh, generally, is your yep. last stop if you're a trailer boat or just going fishing. And um, you know, it's always a trustworthy. It is exactly. I put my hand up. Yep. I, I am guilty as charged to to buying beach worms, although I can catch them with my eyes closed with my toes. 
I go buy bedrooms, yep. you know, white pillies, froggies, and of course, mullet for the crab pot. The list goes on, and even, you know, your WI pillows, is that you do go there because you think, oh man, I can't get down to the local. I just, you know, oh, it's after hours, 24 hours, and you go up and you just get what you need if you've forgotten. Um, it makes it easier, yeah. It's just makes that it convenient easier. thing, isn't it? Everyone's got a busy lifestyle these days, so yeah. Mate, employment. Now, one thing I know you guys are super proud of is your employment figures because you, you keep a lot of Australians in, uh, in a job, particularly even when it's been a very hard time for a lot of Aussies over the past couple of years. Some are just yep. flourishing. Some businesses going gangbusters. Um, but at the same yep. time, people are loving fishing. They, they're stepping outside and becoming outdoor or boating enthusiasts, which is great because it's they are. Like, yeah, and yep. they're buying bait. So what, what's your figures there when it comes to, to employment, mate? How many staff you got? Uh, we've got about 55 to 60 people. Wow. That's um, That includes the processing team, uh, the admin staff, sales teams and the managers. So, yeah, it's quite a big operation. Um, we've got um, five different um, de- uh, distribution depots, uh, one in Townsville, Brisbane, uh, the head office here at Sweetheads, yeah. uh, Gosford, Ulladulla, and also the two processing facilities, also the the one here at Tweed and uh, Iluka, where you went down and um, oh, shot man. the show for the pilchards. That, yeah, so that, that yeah. was that was intense. That was that was really cool, an absolute eye opener. I'm sure many anglers out there listening would love to know how certain things are caught. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get into that shortly with you because you know that to me is it was a trip that I will I've always wanted to do. But I always yeah. wanted to make sure the weather was kind, so you got to enjoy it, and we did it, and it was um, it was really really Bug. cool. Uh, you know, bugger it! I'm gonna I'm gonna ask it, I'm gonna ask it now because, mate, you guys purchase your own per se netting vessel uh, called Southerly, which is a, a, yep. a big move for the Tweedbait family because it's something you guys had had never really done on this side, has is it really? No, no, it was always it was always pop stream to have a filtered boat, so. Um, and all the pilchards um, back in the day were always sourced in um, WA or SA. Yep. Uh, so we looked a few times over there. But, yeah, no. Um, and then we had the, the depot at uh, Oluca there. So, yeah, he um, finally got his dream. When he first got, I think it was 2017, when we first purchased the Subly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Pop was 82 at the time and um, yep. never got to get on the boat because he's yeah. um, he was starting to uh, lose his balance. But yeah. um and uh, he got to watch that episode, episode two, um, when you jumped on the boat, and he oh. loved it. Yeah. Oh man. So, because um, they've been told by all the all the crew and the skipper how things were done, yeah. but yeah, actually seeing it, it was yeah, it was a special moment watching it with him. Couldn't couldn't wipe the smile off his face. though. he was you know so what? proud and happy. Yeah. yeah. I, I got I got goosebumps because that um that that episode, the way our our cameraman shot at Jack Kelly. Mate, it was. You know, we had the right light. It was calm, which is what you want. You had the perfect sunrise. You had the right crew, the colours, everything just, it it was such a a dream shoot. And to see the bait being caught in in a really uh, organic way, in a way that it didn't hurt the fish, everything was iced up and cool. And the beauty of it, the sustainability part of it, because people... People instantly think per se netting, netting, they just, you know, take and rape the ocean. Well, the answer to that yeah. is in certain areas and the bigger boats that are the size of five football fields, they go in there and wipe out tuna and everything like that. We're talking yep. smaller bait balls um, and there's a lot of them out there 
And when you get yep. your quota, when you get your limit, all you do is you just pull the bottom of the net and the whole net opens up and all these pilchards, they swim free and away they go again. And to yep. me, and it, yeah, that is unreal. No bycatch. Zero no bycatch. Yeah, no. and it all gets escaped at the end. It's yeah, perfect. Yep. Yeah, Peter and the crew do a really good job down there on Mate. all that stuff. So, oh, man, yeah. they do. It's, uh, it's really, really good. And I've seen a lot of pilchards up here sort of moving, obviously, as I move down the coast during winter, and we see the aerial shots yep. of the sharks and the tuna and everything going through them. So they're a bigger bait too, the East Coast pilly. is a little bit bigger of a pilchard compared to the WA pilly as well, isn't he? They, they are, yeah. Um, probably um, about 80% of our catch are sort of 20, 20 to 15 fish to the kilos. So. Wow. But they'd be edible too. I mean, I mean, for me, I mean, they'd be, they'd be delicious. Yeah, yeah. No sardines, they'd be beautiful. Yeah, you get a nice, nice little salad off those big fifteen count fish. The ones you caught there that day. Yeah, so, mate, they were, they were, they were, they were really good. Hey, mate, tell me about your other baits that you guys have got there, Lukey. I mean, and you got a good variety, haven't you? Uh yeah, we do. Yeah, so we've had um, we've, we've oh, sorry about that. Oh, you're right. Mate. Um, phone call goes. <laughs> Um, yeah, we've sold, uh, this year we've sold, um, I had a quick look before the podcast, we've sold 50 different kinds of baits this year, so different pack sizes, um, but our main sellers are filtered prawns and squid, uh, and mullet as well, so they're our main sellers. And mullet's coming into season now, being a cooler season, if you're listening to this uh, podcast, you know, down the track and it's summer, well, we're recording this as we come into winter, uh, mate, this is a, a an iconic time to, to catch uh, mullet in the nets, and of course, people um, people love to use mullet, whether it's the frames for crab pots, the fillets for no, fishing, sorry. and of course, your um, your other stuff being the, the the mullet gut for bait. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no mullet season that runs through the colder months now. So, um, and that's why all those sharks are coming because they follow those up and down the coast. So they start um, down in New South Wales first and work their way up. Uh, at the end of the season, up to um, Fraser Island and um, and Morton Bay and stuff like that. So yeah, well, it's um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a busy time of year because it only lasts for a couple of months. So yeah, it's all hands on deck in mullet season. So I, yeah. I remember when I was down at Iluka for a little for a few years there. Actually, um, I took a bit of a sabbatical away from the the TV fake newsland and uh, and got into uh, you know a lot of fishing and just got into to life a little bit more generous down there. But um, Mate, I was just to hang out with a couple of the the, the, med- the net, mullet netting beach guys down there. They'd be up there with a big forty four gallon barrel of uh, of uh, drum full of timber on fire, keeping keeping warm because it was freezing, freezing. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. And, oh, yeah, and, that, yeah. and the mullet would come out of the Clarence River. They'd they'd hook a left up to the uh, the, the main beach there, and they'd shoot a net. Mate, they get tons of these fish. It was incredible. The the fish, no bycatch, all mullet. That was all they were getting. It's and all mullet, yeah. All mullet. Yeah, it's crazy. Right, yeah. right. Hey, yeah. where, where's the rest of your bait source from there, Luke? Like, you know, if you're talking, say, the squid, because you're, you're big at, one of your biggest sellers is the squid, and also prawns. Where do they come from? Um, well, the squid, um, most of it, probably 90% of our squid comes is sourced from overseas. So we get from um, USA, yep. um, South Africa, and um, Vietnam for the yep. squid. Yep. Um, but the prawns, um, they come from Moreton Bay. Um, Northern Rivers, uh, so the Clarence, um, Ballina and stuff like that. And we also get the, the coral prawns from WA. Is that, are they the and red ones, the coral prawns? That's the, that's the red prawn, yeah. yeah. So they, they catch them offshore in the, in the reefs and stuff like that. And yep. we also get the, um, 
the larger endeavour prawn and banana prawn from um, far north Queensland. And what about the uh, the white bait and the froggies? They, I've seen I've seen uh, some white bait net guys down into like Kingscliff Way. Do they? Is that your stuff as well? Yeah. Yep. So yeah, there's some local fishermen here um, that catch them from um, from Ballina through to um, Kingscliff. Yep. And sometimes they get them up in Kira there as well. Yep. Uh, and also the there's a white filtered crew down at um, Oloka as well. So okay. near the factory, they um, run out of there as well. So how's it packed? Because you know we're talking when you get a packet of prawns, whether they're 200 grams or you know bigger, or your you know your larger you know IQF pillies from a kilo to two kilo, whatever. Um, and then you have got your bigger boxes. How, how do you pack it? Is it all hand hand done individually, or what's the go, mate? Uh, no, we've got um, we've got two automated packing machines. Um, they can process um, about five hundred kilos an hour, so uh, we can process a ton a ton every hour if everything runs smoothly. That is, um, so that helps with the. So it's been really good because we get to process um, the baits a lot faster and getting them in the freezer so you get a lot fresher products so mm. it helps mm. with the quality with those because we've got to do large quantities yeah. and a lot of the bait's seasonal as well so you've got to get sort of pumped through it get it in, and then they go into a blast freezer which is minus 40 so it all gets snap yeah. frozen in sort of 8 to 10 hours and then uh, all boxed up and ready for distribution the next day yeah that's one thing I noticed when I did the um, the obviously with Southerly on the Passaic netting vessel catching the East Coast pillies is that we took them uh, from the boat it, it, immediately. The, the the beauty was we got on the boat at four a.m. Uh, we were out yep. there uh, by say four forty-five. We shot a net uh, say till five thirty, quarter to six. We we're pulling the net, and by six thirty, quarter to seven, we had the the tubs full. Seven fifteen, we we're back on the dock. Seven sixteen. Peter Kerr had gone for breakfast. <laughs> he was gone, mate. And, and he loves his breakfast. He loves yep. his breakfast. He was gone. And, uh, you know, everything had been tied up and cleaned up. And the, the truck had been loaded up with these big, uh, you know, big ice boxes straight over to yep. Aluka. We went to Aluka. We got there at 9 a.m. Okay. Five hours after we first hit the boat. Five hours later, we're off the boat. We're at Aluka, which is about a 40 minute drive around from um, yep. Yamba to Aluka. We, we got there and these the pilchards were already being processed. This is how quick for everyone yep. out there listening is that these pilchards get dumped into this massive ice slurry. It's like a just real cold, icy water and they instantly just go frozen, but they're individually frozen, frozen yeah. aren't they? they just yep, all individually. They just float through and, yeah, yeah it's not frozen about, I think it's about 25 minutes, half an hour. Wow. And then they, um, yeah, come out on the conveyor and straight into the boxes. So, Mate, it's and just... then next flight goes in. Yeah, it's 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 an awesome operation. Eh? It's crazy how it's all. And, and, I think you did cover that in one of the episodes, didn't you? Yeah, we did, mate. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. for yep. sure. We, we've um, we yep. that one there went to where I think it was episode four of season three. But it was um, mate, just yep. seeing how it all happens so quickly. And to me, that that showcases and proves to the point that it you can't get any fresher than that. There is no way no, on this planet you can get not. fresher than that as a fresh frozen, snap frozen bait. It's incredible. Yep. Mate, um, yep. what, what's your personal go-to bait there, Lukey, when you go to wet a line, mate? Uh, well, I, I, uh, my favourite would probably be, love, uh, the, uh, like the white filters. They'd be my go-to. Yeah, I reckon okay. um, anything has a go at them. So it's it's good with the kids too because you can either do the gang hawk or single hawk. Um, yeah. And yeah, anything will have to go, and they might get a nice big slutty. 
um, always going to brim on them and stuff like that. And we've actually got whiting on them before as well. Yes, yeah, I couldn't believe that. But yeah, same, same. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely my go-to. Well, the the um, the amount of whiting I've caught on a white pilly, I can count on one hand. It's not it's not that yep. often. And, and, uh, <laughs> no. It's funny we we did go fishing last night. Um, we took the surtees out and we went out with the fam and we got some squid, and uh, and then we we're just putting out some white pillies. Same deal. So we're using a four two hundred mustard, uh, gang of three. They're a size four, so nice small little uh, hook and uh, gang them up by three. And the white pilly went on perfect. Even the froggies had some froggies out there, and we got yeah. we got a bunch of brim, and even caught a couple of chopper tailor, uh, which is which is pretty cool, mate. What about your? Yeah, what's the most? Them, yeah. Oh, mate, they, they love them, especially the, the those blue baits, mate. What's the most yeah. underrated bait in your opinion? All right, it's probably the white pilchard. Um, <laughs> You're sticking to I, it. I reckon it is the white pilchard. Yeah. Because, okay. um, yeah, because everyone sort of is their stock standards go for the squid or the worms. Or the prawn. Prawn. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, definitely white pilchards actually would be my um, most underrated as well. Yeah. My, my, I personally love mullet gut. Um, yep. I, I recall as a kid growing up, we'd always, we would go and search through your bait packets to find the packet that had the onion. And when you got the yep. onion, it was like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory getting the golden <laughs> ticket. Mate, you would, when they'd come into the shop, you'd wait for the tweed bait truck to turn up at the old, um, you know, Mossets back in those days. And, uh, yep. you know, as a young fella. And uh, my brother Dougie, he'd be, you know, managing the store. We'd get in there and you'd see the mullet go, and we'd go in there, we'd find, we'd go, yes, and we'd hold it up and people would want to throw a sinker at your head. And we would, <laughs> we, we, we would take these out fishing at night. We'd, we'd stack up, like, you get like a dozen packets and we'd go brim fishing at night and yep. we would use the onion, slice the onion up. But the amount of brim you caught was intense. But you can tell a real good brim fisherman who uses mullet gut in particular is that they don't have fingerprints on the end of their fingers because by the end of the night of using, like you're out there all night, at the end of the night yep. using the, the gut, it has a uh, some sort of acidity level in it that's quite high and it actually yep. gets your fingers a bit raw on the tips. So, um, oh, does it? Yeah, it does. If you, if mate, you do twelve packets. I'll tell you what, if you, you know, <laughs> you, you cut up it up, and 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 by the end of the night, it, it does. On the end of the, just through the mullet, I don't know what it is, but um, yeah, the, the brim would love it. You'd catch, you know, you'd get oh, an yeah, esky full of fish. Know. Oh man, yep. But Easy. it was so yeah, yep. good. I, I, that's that would have to be my go-to bait for brim fishing. Obviously, and I wouldn't yep. use it for whiting. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, definitely, definitely for the old Brimbo, mate. You guys have moved into bio bags. You're getting up with the new age. You've got an animated logo now, and you also go into bio bags. So they break down. <laughs> Tell me about the bags, there, mate. How do these things work? Uh, we haven't just started. We've actually um, been trying to work on a bio bag for a fair while now. Yeah. Um, probably when I first started. So it'll be probably. I think they had a corn starch bag before I started working here. So yeah. it'd be over 20 years that we've been looking into the research oh, wow. here. So um, yeah. we have trialed them in the past. Uh, yes, I've tried them in the past, but um, they've either broken down in storage or or broken down in the freezer. Like we, So yeah. it's sort of a, a hard environment for us um, would be. to get it back. Yeah. It's like a, it's a wet product going into the freezer, yeah. sometimes stored up to 12 months. For yeah. seasonal stuff, so yeah. Um, so yeah, we've looked at heaps of different um, things, but um, my brother um, Matt is um, he's got a hold of um, some grants and stuff from um, 
uh, QU at the moment and yeah. government plans through um, Oz Industries. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be beginning um, research this year, actually. It'll start in July. So that's all. Uh, nice. It's it's all like pretty exciting, actually. So they're looking yeah. for a, um, a plastic alternative um, that'll meet our needs to also break down in marine life, like where our bags are often found. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be yeah awesome if we can get something done. So the, they were actually pretty confident um, with the guidelines that we've set out um, that they should be able to find some sort of um, replacement for plastic. Yeah, so it's pretty exciting. Which is awesome it's because, awesome. Yeah. mate, mm-hmm. absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, you guys are getting on board with with the uh, with the situation of of where the current climate is, and that is people obviously worrying about bags getting into the water, you know, with the turtles yep. and the dolphins, and just in general, with, of course, with microplastics in the ocean is quite a, is quite high, um, you is. know, yep. and a lot of that is obviously from international waters flowing into our waterways, um, you yep. know, which we have to mention. But also, anglers out there can do the right thing. So if you're listening. Exactly, and yep. you know you're fishing. We can do this part. We can project a podcast to you. We can talk to you know people like Luke and you guys out there listening. This is your part to play when you catch a fish yep. or you buy a packet of bait. Is to release the fish gently if you're not going to keep him, or cut the hook and uh, you know put the fishing line into uh, into your pocket and take it home, put it in the bin, or don't dispose of your plastic bags after using some bait into the water because it's just not kosher. So everyone needs to play their part. And I do see it quite often at the local pontoons and jetties. It only takes one person before a jetty is totally closed off to fishing. And and that's not right for the locals who do the right thing because of one person. So if you see it on the ground and it wasn't you that put it there, still pick it up. I know, you know, it's just something you can pick it up, you can do the sign, you can say, your mother fishes, you need to pick that bloody bag up. (laughs) And you do, you know, you pick it up and you put it in the bin, okay, because the other person clearly doesn't have enough common sense. Mate, where can people buy a packet of tweed bait today? They go, I'm I'm enthused, I want to go out there, I'm stoked, I want to go fishing. Where can they go and get a packet Um, of tweed bait? Well, yeah, as as we've touched on before, we cover um, the east coast of Australia, Queensland, New South Wales and Queensland, so... Um, we've got a, um, a store locator on our website, actually, um, www.tweebait.com.au, mm-hmm. um, and you can put your postcode, postcode in there, and it'll, um, it'll bring up the um, nearest Tweebait stockers. So, and as I said, we covered, uh, I think we um, service 700 to 750 sites, so yeah. It should be able to find one near you. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot there, mate. And of course, you can jump into uh, all your local Anaconda stores. Um, Anaconda's a great stockers of all the tweed bait. They've got a couple of big yep. freezers in their stores, the big freezers, so you can get just about everything you want. And of course, just yep. your, your, of course, you know your general uh, bait and tackle stores as well. Um, you know, and thank you to all those guys out there who stock tweed bait and of course the servos yep. and just any convenience store, mate. It's a, it's a good thing you got to get the product out there so people can purchase good quality bait when they want to go fishing exactly yep yep you, mate. exactly hey lukey thanks for your time there buddy i greatly appreciate it mate i know you're a busy bloke phones are going crazy before you going fishing this <laughs> you going fishing again soon mate what's a what's your next trip you got uh, planned? um i actually took the kids out on um saturday so we caught a few brim um nice and the young fella beat me um as they do four brim to he put <laughs> he got five actually yeah so and uh, yeah, I only got four, so oh, <laughs> but right. I lost on right near the right near the bank. So I said I'm four and a half. But yeah, <laughs> I haven't got any big trips planned yet. Um, yep. 
I, was, I missed the uh, Marlin this year, so I, um, I'm spewing about that. But uh, hopefully, yeah, go out and catch some. Um, what have we got into snapper at the moment? We're so. getting into snapper, mate. Well, we, nice we, finally, we finally got our boat all up and running now from uh, from Surtees, New Zealand. So we bought one across the ditch, mate. We've decked it out the way we wanted to deck it out. So I reckon there'll be a fishing trip in for us. I'll supply the boat, you supply yep. the bait. Is that a deal? Yep, sounds like a deal, mate. All right, mate. We're on it. There you go, everybody. You've just been listening to Lukey Paul there. He is the national sales manager of the iconic family-run business called Tweed Bait, based out of uh, northern New South Wales, southeast Queensland, the wonderful coastal area we called Tweed Heads. And, of course, it's another uh, Step Outside podcast. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. And until we meet again next week, may your rods bend off. (laughs) 